Hi, my name is Berya Aslan. I'm a polar explorer and a Norana ambassador. Welcome to Norana podcast. My name is Eivin Eitzlott. In Norana podcast, we want to inspire you and facilitate great adventures in nature by meeting exciting people and telling fascinating stories. In this episode, we meet a living legend within polar expeditions. He has skied alone and unsupported to the North Pole. He has crossed the whole of Antarctica alone and unsupported. He has also started the project Ice Legacy, where he is aiming to cross the 20 largest ice caps in the world together with Vincent Kuliart. Their common goal is to tell the world what's happening to our glaciers, as well to inspire the younger generation to use and preserve nature. In this episode, we'll hear more about Burgess' involvement and development of his own signature line, Norana Arktis. It's an honor for us to welcome Burge Auslan to our podcast studio here in Oslo, Norway. Welcome to Norana Podcast, Burge. Thank you. Today we would like to hear you describe the Norona Arktis clothing line, which you have developed through many years of experience and many expeditions to extreme places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But first you must give us a quick recap of all your expeditions from the first one and all the way up until today. Okay, uh, I will do it. Could you try to do that? I will take the most important ones. Yeah, that's good. 1986, skied across Greenland. 1990, skied to the North Pole from Canada. 1993, skied through French Joseph Land in Russia. 1994, solo to the North Pole from Cape Artichesky in Russia. 1995, solo to the South Pole from Berkner Island. 1996-97, solo across Antarctica from Berkner Island to McMurdo. 1999, climbed Huanopoto Sea in Bolivia. 1999, climbed Shuoyo in Tibet. 2001, solo crossing of the Arctic Ocean from Cape Artichesky to Wardhunt in Canada. 2002, Southern Patagonia ice field. And 2003, Everest South Summit. 2003, crossing the Southern Patagonian ice field in Chile. 2006, winter expedition to the North Pole with uh, Mike Horn from Cape Artichesky in Russia. 2007, expedition in Fritz of Nansen's footsteps from the North Pole and true friends Joseph Land. 2009, crossing the Northern Patagonian ice field. 2010, sailed through the Northeast and North. West Passages, 2010, crossing Vatnajökull on Iceland, 2012, starting the Ice Legacy Project with Vincent Colliard, crossing Norrhuslandet on Svalbard, 2013, crossing South Georgia Island, 2013, uh, crossing Southern Patagonian Icefield, and that was also with uh, Vincent Colliard, 2014, crossing Spitsbergen Icefield on Svalbard with Vincent Colliard, 2015, crossing Stikine Icefield in Alaska, also part of the Ice Legacy Project with Vincent Colliard, 2016, crossing the St. Elias Icefield in Alaska with uh, Vincent, 
2017, crossing the Chugach ice field in Alaska with Vincent. 2019, crossing Penny and Barnes ice cap on Baffin Island with Vincent. And 2019, unsupported crossing of the North Pole with Mike Horn in the darkness of winter from Nome in Alaska to Tromsø. <laughs> that's, that's quite a CV. <laughs> yeah, I didn't count how many it was, but... Uh, <laughs> It's so impressive that I'm I'm, yeah. I'm breathless. But <laughs> that's that's you know when you you're lying there and looking back it's it's all these good memories you you think about <laughs> and, and all these big experiences and adventure uh, that that's the main thing yeah. Yeah. How would you describe Norona as a company and collaborator through all these years? Well, there must be a reason for me being with them since 1990. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess so. To work with a family a company like that and especially since 2005 since Jürgen has been there has been very very inspiring I think he's a good leader and he has a vision and um, uh, he's into all these I think it's a little bit like me he's into all these details and he doesn't give up before the quality is right mm. and he has a good eye for that so uh, it's been very inspiring I think that's uh, that's the key word mm. working with Nurena mm. Can you remember the first collab you had in back in 1990? How was that? That was uh, with uh, Jürgen's father, Ole Jürgen, um, who was the previous generation running Norena. Uh, and uh, it was the same. It was exactly the same. We were on that sewing lab and uh, doing adjustments and, and we're really down to the smallest detail. Yeah. On that trip, uh, we, we used actually cotton uh, and Rex, um, and we used uh, wool trousers oh. on that trip to North Pole. Yeah, <laughs> Nuruna wool trousers. <laughs> uh, that was with the uh, uh, kind of loden, you know. Yeah, trousers, which is very comfortable actually. You skied to the North Pole in in 1990. Yeah, the first unsupported expedition. Yeah, with uh, with Island Kage and Gerombe. Mm. Mm. That was the first trip. And did you have any experience from clothing in those environments? Yes, from I, before? well, I did have the experience from the uh, to, uh, 1986 trip across Greenland. Mm-hmm. So, um, which was a very important trip for me because on that trip um, we we started really from scratch. We had very little experience, and there was not too many people to ask for advice back then. And to learn it the hard way and really dive into all the details yourself, um, it's been very rewarding. And I think, you know, learning the hard way um, is the best way to learn. Mm. But anyway, I've always been interested in equipment from when I was a kid, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. To to understand what works and and also why thing doesn't work and and to find solutions to problem that that's what it's all about mm. finding a solution to a problem mm. Nurona calls this uh, extremely user driven product development yeah what do you think they they mean by that well um, they mean that uh, i take the prototypes out in the field and really use it extensively for a long period of time uh, you know for maybe a couple of months Mm. Uh, and then we go back we make changes and i go for another trip and then things get better and better Mm. 
Yeah, that's how we work. That's the philosophy. Yeah, that's the philosophy. In 2006, you came to Norona and said that you wanted to make the perfect Arctic battle suit. Yeah. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Well, yeah, I look upon uh, those clothing as a kind of a, a uniform, really. Mm. It's a uniform. Uh, it's 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 not it's not just a protection or a brand. It, it's a uniform, and to make a uniform that works um, in those kind of Arctic conditions, it, you are actually going into battle when you're crossing the North Pole. You're yeah. going into battle. You're fighting minus 40 temperatures, uh, hurricane winds and ice that moves around underneath you. And so there's all kinds of uh, difficulties that you will meet. So it's it's a war uh, and and those garments help you win that war. So mm. we, that's why I like to call it a battle suit. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look at the, uh, the different products you have brought with you today, <clears throat> both the jacket and, and the bib. Tell mm. us more about the, the Arctic Gore-Tex jacket first. Here it is. There it is. Yeah, we started with this uh, in 2006 uh, for the first winter trip to the North Pole with, with my Mike Horn. And uh, there's been some changes, but but not a lot. The, the um, pockets are... I like to have... I can have one day of ration in my pockets so I don't have to look around in the sled for or stuff like that so it's there are large pockets mm. and I also like to have whatever I know that I will need during a day like extra mitts or a balaclava sunglasses sun cream things like that is in it's in the pocket so that's why the pockets are so so big mm. and they have space in between so that you have space for the pulling belt or if you have a backpack Mm. space for that and your pockets are still accessible so you can both use a sledge or a backpack mm. yeah and uh, they have flaps the pockets have flaps so that you can grab them with your mitts on because you don't want to expose your fingers more than necessary mm-hmm you don't want it too complicated to get into your pockets and get your lunch out. I, uh, you know, I, I can even pee with my mitts on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have to think function, function, function. Yeah, that's what you have to think, and uh, uh, that's that's why. So there's these no are made zipper this on, on this one. No, it's no zippers on the lower ones because that's what you use for the big things and zippers they can narrow the entrance a little bit and make the access more restricted mm. um, but we do have zipper on the top ones because that's where I have maybe they are a little bit smaller and that's where I have kind of smaller things and I don't want to lose them um, so that's why you have zipper on the, the top mm. two pockets so that you have at least two compartments up there that are safe yeah. from uh, both water and also losing them. And as you see here, I also like to have that little eye uh, on the top of that flap to... I have a vessel there now, yeah. but I also sometimes use compass to attach with, yeah. uh, with the string. Mm. And then I just can go like this up and, and lift it up and I know that it's always there ready. Yeah. Small details like that, and the zipper. This is an eight mil zipper. 
the main zipper for the jacket. Yeah, the main zipper. It's a it's a strong one, and because of all the icing, and I'm not sure what you call this. But I call it zipper with big teats. Mm, that's a good explanation. <laughs> yeah, because they are, in my opinion, stronger in frosty conditions. Mm. So because uh, when it's 20, 30, maybe 40 minus, it just ices up around your face and your zipper gets stuck. You have to you have to really use force to open it or close it. Mm. And, and these zippers, they can deal with that kind of uh, ice yeah. form formations without um, breaking. Uh, you know, and there is lots of different, you know, you can see here the protection we have around the face. So the closure, because you're not able to get the zipper all the way up if it's fully iced up so that, but with this lock here, you can, you still, can still lock it yeah, and protect yeah. your face. And yeah. um, <clears throat> this Nurana hood is so good. You can move your head uh, and still be able to see, you know, mm. the hood follows the head. Mm-hmm. It's not the head that is moving inside the hood. No. But it, you can have your vision, even if you turn your head. And that's actually very important. And the drawstrings that you can operate them with sound, that's important. The ventilation under the arms, it goes only one way. And mm -hmm. it's a reason for that. Because if it's a two-way zipper with two wagons, it's easy to leave one a little bit open. Yeah. That can be actually dangerous if uh, if you don't notice it, notice it, and and you just get colder and colder and colder mm. because it's halfway open. Mm. But with this, you will always know. You can actually visually see that it's open, and it's also easier to all just have one entry point mm. for that zipper. So, so that's and the length. It's it's a long jacket. It's a know, really long to jacket to be able to to protect your lower parts uh, in a good way. It also have a storm closure mm -hmm. that you can uh, take it uh, under your crouch and and lock it like this to prevent the jacket from blowing up. Mm. But I do hardly ever use that actually, but it has that possibility yeah. in strong winds cold conditions this is something that you would need to do before you go out of the tent most mm. of the time actually and what kind of material did you choose for your this suit? is a strong Gore-Tex material and <clears throat> as I mentioned um, uh, in a previous podcast with you I used cotton on the first expedition to the North Pole yeah uh, but cotton and, and I love cotton it's so comfortable but Gore-Tex is stronger Mm. And it's less sewing in the tent mm. with uh, Gore-Tex. It's stronger. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's a, and it's a strong Gore-Tex. Actually, this um, it's a three-layer Gore-Tex. Three-layer Gore-Tex that's used in this jacket here, so that it takes uh, quite a lot of wear and tear before it gets uh, gets broken. Even in a three-month trip, mm. it was still it was still good. It takes a beating. Yeah, it takes a beating. So let's have a, a look at the the bib as well. Mm -hmm. That's made in in the same Gore-Tex material. It's it's a combination of two different materials in the bib. Mm -hmm. um, over the the knees, it's a bit thicker. Okay, it's even thicker. Yeah, and this over the knees, you can also have pads uh, because when you are 
uh, dropping down uh, on the ice uh, after a long day working with the tent. It's really nice to have padding on your knees so you don't get cold okay. uh, working on your knees directly on the ice or snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So, and, and actually for skiing, it's, it's quite a lot warmer. And all these points that protrudes, like knees, especially knees, they get actually cold. You can get frostbites on your knees, mm. on the skin. So I really like to have padding on the knees. And then you can put your padding in here. Yeah. So that helps. Um, what do you want to know? It's a long bib. It's a, it's a long one. Dur- and I durable really like bib. I have it long. I like these top pockets. <clears throat> where I can have extra batteries uh, for my camera, warm mm-hmm. uh, SIM cards, um, th- things like that <clears throat> in these pockets or whatever I need for extra thing. I also I actually have my tooth- toothbrush in there. <laughs> <laughs> the toothbrush uh, as yeah, well. Toothbrush as well. <clears throat> yeah. So with this uniform, you can go to the North Pole cross the arctic ocean during winter time so for who who is this uh, battle suit made for well, besides yeah. you and mike horn what kind of people yeah, well, should use it, this kind of battle suit if it, if it works across the north pole during winter time it will also work in the norwegian mountains or in in the alps in the himalayas uh in any kind of windy or cold conditions actually mm. I think you could easily go sailing with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's just it's just that the crossing of the North Pole that just sets the standard for the quality of this garment. The final standard. It's it's not about that it's only made for that kind of use. I think it's just uh, says something about what it's capable of doing. Mm. And uh, and when I go on a trip with this in the Norwegian mountains I I feel I feel this so safe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get any kind of feedback from different users out mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah. Now, um, I had, I've not heard anything negative about this. And not just, uh, not just the jacket and trousers, but also especially the face mask that's been very, very popular. And, mm. and also the mitts. The mitts are maybe a little bit overkill for, um, Uh, it's minus five winter day in in Norway. Uh, so, but for cold conditions, if you have cold hands, yeah, these are guaranteed to keep you warm. This uh, is the the Arctic mitts, and they are big. Yeah, they're big. But I'd just like to to talk a little bit more about these bibs. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> because one of the features with these bibs, obviously, the knees have. They're shaped um, so that they're comfortable following the movement of the body when you're skiing or walking. Uh, and the pockets, they are big enough so that you can have your camera inside because there is three rules taking picture. One is to uh, hold the camera steady. Mm-hmm. The other one is is to take a lot of pictures. And the third one is to have it available and warm. Yeah. And this pocket, if camera is in this pocket, you have it available. If there is a good good motive, you reach down in your pocket, you take up that camera, take a picture and put it down again and mm. you keep on going. If you have a big camera in the sled, you will not bother no. if you're tired 
and uh, uh, it takes too long time to stop. Uh, and Mike, Mike had a, a better camera than I. He had one of these Sony's mirror reflex, you know, the big ones. Yeah, on your latest expedition yeah. across the North Pole. And I Pole. had a smaller one with just a fixed lens, but I had mine in my pocket. All the time? Yeah, I took 3,000 photos and he took 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. That explains all. And this is insulated uh, with fleece on the outside because um, that helps the camera stay warm against your tights. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any problems with the batteries in the cold. Mm. So mm. this is the secret behind all your good photos and yeah. and your books as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a secret. But uh, there is another secret about taking photos. Yeah. Which uh, uh, at least it helps for me because when I... I when I look for, for motives, uh, and I know I'm, I'm a camera, so if there is a good motive, I, it's easy for me to take out that camera. But when I look for motives, I pay attention to what's happening happening around me. And I take that into the daily life, you know, not just walking past. I, I try to see what is uh, around me, up in architecture, flowers, animals. Mm. And I think you become more observant if you have that uh, photographer eye. Mm. So, so looking for motives, it helps me being more present in my own life, actually. Ah, that's a good one. And on the other side, <clears throat> uh, there's similar pocket here. I usually have my GPS, keep it warm here. Yeah. To check, to check my course. So the camera and the GPS, yeah, and that's which what, both yeah, needs yeah. They're the their same batteries. Size. Yeah, they're the same size. And this, um, I can't show you now because it's needs to be visual but this system here with this zipper on the side is made for easy toilet access is that the so-called drop seat no it's well you can it in one way you can call it that but you don't drop your pants at all it hangs on your shoulders and you just take it ah. around you in yeah, a way yeah, yeah. expose your Bum and sit down, and then when you raise up again, it just goes back by itself, and you just close the zipper. It's ah. super, super efficient, and that's a big problem for in many of these uh, uh, trousers that it's so complicated to go to the toilet that you freeze your fingers before you're done. Mm. And that's really an important uh, is this detail. The, is this the only trouser in the world <laughs> with that kind of? <laughs> Easy uh, access feature. I don't think so, uh, because there are others that uh, you can also do this with, but this is specially made with that in mind. And also the zipper is made with that in mind. So this zipper here is a zipper that zipper that slides really well. You know mm. that plastic coated slippers, uh, zippers mm. that are more uh, water resistant, they don't slide well. Mm. Uh, this has a double flap, so it's protected anyway. But and it slides well, so it's easy to get up and down. Yeah, when you go to the toilet, that's that's great. That's why it's like that. Mm. So, but you mentioned the the mitts and the the secret with this mitts is uh, several. One is the length. Yeah, um, that it covers a bigger portion of your lower arm and that gap between your hand and, and your lower arm, that gap needs to be covered. Mm. You lose a lot of heat here. 
That's where your uh, arteries goes here. Yeah. So you you have to protect that area. I think mo most of the mitts you can buy of other brands are too short. This goes all the way up to the elbow. And it consists of three layers. So first it's a woolen mitt. Mm -hmm. And the second layer is a, f a fleece mitt or it's made of... Uh, Windstopper actually, mm -hmm. uh, so you can you can use this as a separate, so separate independent mitt, as well. mitt if for warm days you take out the wind mitts and you can use it like this, mm -hmm. uh, and then it's the wind mitt on top with the, the strongest cortex you can find for durability, uh, and uh, when these are all together, there is uh, a velcro on the top that keeps the mitt. And the entrance expanded, yeah. So that when so you, you have go into the mitt, you have an easy access. There will not be all that fumbling around down there mm. with a mitt that has been crumbled down mm. uh, at the bottom of your mitt, and you have to try to find your way down in them, <laughs> and you have to try again and again. And when you have cold hands, you don't want to deal with that. No. So this is it's it's a much better way, in my opinion, for keeping your Hands warm. That's and a great one. Protected and safe. And then we also made the, the hat, which is uh, have an integrated nose protection, and uh, you can do, do a lot of things with it. Hat, and I always use the hat to regulate temperature, take it up and down, and you know, these can go on the top like this. If it's a warm day, mm. you can just. You just bring and your you can, ears up. You can take your flaps for your ears inside or mm -hmm. outside. You can use this to protect your eyes, the, the, the shade in the front uh, from the sun. And uh, you can even take out that uh, nose protection. To, uh, so it's, it, it's, it's actually a face mask integrated in this, a light version face mask. Mm -hmm. The heavy-duty face mask is... What I normally use underneath this in cold days, okay. and that face mask is uh, well, I think it's the best one. <laughs> and a lot of expeditions are using this face mask these days. That is, uh, I have to take it on so you can see. That's a protection mask, yeah, and it's it's there. The nose protection and chin protection is there all the time, mm -hmm. and uh, you just. Uh, Go down like this. Just flap it down. Flap it down like this. Mm. And if you have this in combination with the hat, then you're and, and obviously the the suit as well. Then you're rigged for all kind of conditions. Mm. When you crossed the Arctic Ocean during winter time, did you use the mask every day? No, not every day. Uh, but when it's cold, mm. use the mask. Mm. Uh, or windy, used to mask. Yeah. Mm. And this kind of mask, it should be in the backpack of every person crossing the mountains the during winter time. I have it in the pocket. Mm. So it's it's ready. It's available. It's always there for security. It's always there. You never know, know what's going to happen with the weather. Mm. That's just a part of the standard gear. So where are the, the clothing that you brought with you on your latest expedition, how does that 
bib and that jacket look like now? It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could still go another trip with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have not, you don't give it away to the the Polar Museum. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I'll, oh, I, I actually I kept all the equipment from the the last trip uh, because I had that in mind. Maybe one day to display all the equipment. Yeah. So from even the passport I brought, I have that. You know, and yeah. the iPhone, everything. I have everything. So you it's can all packed everything. in the sled and in the storage. The tent, the stove, everything. That's a great idea. You yeah. should do that in maybe in the Norwegian Ski Museum or something. Yeah, something like that for the future. Yeah. Thank you so much, Burger. Thank you. Great to be here. Hope to see you again. Yeah, you will. Norona Podcast is published by the Norwegian outdoor company Norona Sport. Norona has been producing premium outdoor products since 1929. Check out our clothes, backpacks, tents, sleeping bags and skis on our website norona.com. There you will also find more inspiring stories about our rich history, the expeditions we have participated in and our ambitions in sustainability. Thank you for listening to Norona Podcast. We really appreciate it. And welcome to nature.